Welcome to episode 96 of the McSauce Funnel Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Blaze Casal. That's me. For tonight's episode, we're going to discuss the successful season one of Star Wars Star oh, Star Wars Rebels. That's what we call bearing the lead, or not successful. We don't. We can't tell them that we liked it. All right. I thought it was successful. I guess you're going to have to wait for everyone else's review till later in the episode. We're also going to talk about the new Star Wars announcements of Rogue One and something else. Yeah, why don't you just tell them the title already? Jeez. Burying the lead. Joining us tonight is special (laughs) guest Darcy Mahaffey. Hello. Louder. Hello. There we go. Do it in your George Takei voice. Hello. Hello. It's like sexy Kev Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to go that far. (laughs) Speaking of Kevin Smith, we do have a little bit of uh, Kevin Smith to discuss tonight. We do? Yes. Is it Star Wars related? It's not Star Wars related. Off the table. (gasps) But I think we could get to it. Before we get to it, why don't we get to housekeeping? With Ian Sharpley. I'm unprepared for this Kevin Smith news. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, so. Serious? Oh, not I do now. <laughs> the internet, ladies and gentlemen. Just, okay, do housekeeping. When you Google Kevin Smith, the news pops up right there in front of you. But you don't want that. Google McSauce.com. You'll be able to find the podcast, our comic book reviews, our web comics there. You can go to the McSauce Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash McSauce. We had a great conversation last week. A lot of fan participation from our hit music episode. Surprise music! People got in contact with me and talked all day long about their favorite albums and why they love them. So that's a great place to get in touch with us. And tell us what you think about the episodes. Give us feedback. It always helps us. And if you want to download said episodes, you can go to iTunes. Hit subscribe. Comes right to your mobile device. You can stream on Stitcher Radio. And you can find the classic episodes at mixsaucepodcast.libsyn.com. Liberated Syndicate. Dumb name. Dumb name. We're not in charge of the dumb name. And Darcy is involved with the Miracle Elixir Sideshow. So go to their Facebook page. We'll post the link so that you can go and support Darcy and all her fire-breathing hijinks. Heck yeah. So can you breathe fire without a gallbladder? Well, technically I do fire eating only, and I'm pretty sure I can do that without a gallbladder fire doesn't get that far. I know. Hopefully not. If it does, I might not ever be able to uh, grace you with my presence again. <laughs> what other tricks do you do? Is there, there, what, there was going to be sword swallowing, right? Dylan, Isn't that always on the fence? Dylan is always, oh, I'm learning sword swallowing. I haven't seen it happen yet, but he swears that he's getting close. I believe in him. We do the human blockhead, bed of nails, glass eating, um, nail through the arm. 
mind reading as well. Mind reading. I think that you read my mind the last time that and it you was, were at it was Pittsburgh. It was a very uh, dirty place to be. I know, right? <laughs> you had to take a shower right after. I was like, cool. <clears throat> this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> but Dylan was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hang on here for a while. Pants Set free. up shop. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of nasty stuff rolling around up there. Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> I'm not the only one. So why don't we start talking about the Kevin Smith news. The big Kevin Smith news, which was just kind of like more or less officially made public today, is that Kevin Smith is making a sequel to one of his most beloved movies that he's ever made uh, that isn't Clerks. Uh, we talked about our favorite Kevin Smith movies back in episode 93, I think. Um, just go to the Libsyn, Liberated Syndicate, and check it out. It's not going to be on there. Oh, it's, those are just the classic episodes. The, it's a fresh episode. It was very recent. So, so, so iTunes, iTunes, or, iTunes, Stitcher? Or Stitcher. But anyway, we talked about our favorite. Everyone's favorite. You know what movie made everyone's favorite list? No, it didn't. It didn't make mine. We don't count you, though. <laughs> So mine and Paul's list, it made it. Mallrats. There's going to be a sequel to Mallrats. Die Hard meets Mallrats equals Mallrats 2. That's what it is. Die Hard in the Mall. Die Hard in the Mall. I'm pretty excited. It, it could be very good. I want to see the main characters back. I want to see Brody Bruce. I want to see... Um, T.S. Quint. T.S. Quint. I want to see. I want to see LaFour's. What's LaFour's gonna do? He was a security guard. I remember. Is LaFour's still alive? And yeah, I don't know. But oh, you know what? I think he may have died. Actually, I think he did die. He was in Conan the Barbarian. Wasn't her dad the um, Michael Rooker? Yeah, the guy the from Guardians of the back. Galaxy. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, Mr. Svenning will yeah. be back. Mr. Svenning. Hopefully, we see his pasty white ass again. Which. To me, was one of the funniest parts in the movie when he shadow boxes in front of the TV in his reflection, and then the towel falls off when he does the high kick. But um, I think, I think we need another Stan Lee cameo. I think it would be magical to have Stan Lee come back for another, you know, three Better or film four it soon. <laughs> well, I was thinking that too. This movie isn't slated to come out until 2017, which means. Stan Lee needs to live for another year and a half, roughly, before, you know. So, I think he's ever living. I think we're covered. I don't it's know, all right. man. Like, he looked kind of ancient in Mallrats 1 in 1994, or whatever it was. And I feel like he's looked the same level of ancient for every cameo he's had since then. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he is a little bit of age-defying. But, one of these days, like, you know, like, Leonard Nimoy, he just died a couple weeks ago and I don't know I always felt like that dude shouldn't be dead yet way to bring it down he He's shouldn't joking. be dead yet not yet not yet so well Stanley, he's alive and kicking right now so hopefully in a year and a half or so he'll be able to film his scenes and make his grand reappearance in the Mallrats universe. Are we going to get a Ben Affleck cameo? I'm pretty sure we'll get... I think we'll get a lot of returning cameos. I think we'll get Ben Affleck. I think we'll get... Uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Joey Lauren Adams probably will be back. Ethan Suplee. 
You know who I bet... Who? Ethan Supley, Willem. Willem, yeah, Willem will be back. You know who we won't get, I bet you? I bet you... Trish the Dish. I bet we don't get her, but I bet Claire Forlani or whatever her name is will not be in this Oh, and Brandy won't be back either. Shannon Doherty's not doing this. I could see her she in it should before. Do this. Yeah, what's she doing now? Going on. She was vehemently against Mallrats right after they finished filming it. Really? Why? Yeah, she had a miserable time filming it and didn't like it. Well, since well, she's boo, taken fucking who, you're not doing anything. That else was the last thing she ass. ever did. She's taken a, <laughs> a elongated <laughs> absence from the limelight. I mean, Scare Tactics is canceled, so she's free. That was a good show, by the way. I, I love that, that kind show. Of shit. The only thing I hated about that show was the commercials. They were so good at teasing the next segment. And then, oh, commercial. Gotta wait five minutes. That is a good DVR. You just don't like commercials, period. Well, not, well, who does? But more importantly, commercials that that are plugged in to a show where it builds up tension and you just want to see the payoff, and then they pull it from you so that way they can sell you whatever. What do they what do they sell during scare tactics? Soap. Soap? Mm-hmm. Is that the thing? To clean your ass after you shit yourself. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> yep. Some Irish spring kind of um, fitting for this time of year. Certainly. Do you think that there is a rush on Irish spring soap I around this time of year? They still make those commercials where they cut the soap and it like mm-hmm. Remember I haven't seen one of those for like pulled out 20 a years. Knife and you could, myself. But it, it looked so clean when he cut the, the soap with his with his little pocket mm. knife and you felt like you could smell it. Paul, you're looking confused. You don't remember this? Do people this? really use no, I, I bar do. soap anymore? Like when I had to get the gallbladder out, they're like, oh yeah, get dial soap and wash with dial soap for a couple days beforehand because it's antibacterial. And I'm like, I have to use bar soap? Like it was like, like who uses bar soap? Bar is soap is the rotary anymore? phone of soap. It is. <laughs> who uses it? <laughs> Grandma, that's it. So, like, if and you put it on the wash rag, then it like slips out of your hand. Are so strictly for decorative purposes at this I point? I feel like it is. It's emergency purposes. Yeah. Like, uh, if I ran out and I'm like, I'm already in the I shower, like but you, there's a bar right here. If you have a house guest, you gotta have a bar of soap. You can't be like, oh, here's my my dark temptation for you to use, Grandma. Like. She can't use your your old spice scent. Yeah, but poor Wait, grandma drops the soap in the tub and she can't lean over. She's gonna break her hip. That's grandma's go, problem. Slow down, getting what? Wait, Matt, wine. I'm in here. Dark <laughs> What the fuck kind of soap is that? I don't know this. You don't know it. Oh, you I didn't know it. Shazam. I don't know Dark Temptation. I, thought I have a really bad out. idea about it's what here. that is. It's ass, isn't smell. it? Smell. Is this? Let me Good. smell your arm. It smells like. Pirate hookers. <laughs> <laughs> so delicious. It's I want to see their commercial. <laughs> I cut this pirate hooker. I thought I, was I thought I saw their commercial, but it wasn't on TV. It was on yeah. the internet. Yes, and it wasn't a commercial. It was, yeah. uh, cut her arm open and splash what? her blood on your neck. Find <laughs> oh, your ears. Filthy. Ew. Delicious. Dark Temptation. Dark Temptation. What the fuck? It's, it's the you most... should know what Dark Temptation is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a totally different was... thing. I was like, how do I not know about this? As a matter of fact, wasn't that his nickname in, in college? In high school. Dark <laughs> Temptation. It's in your yearbook. <laughs> dark Temptation is is the most pleasing scent in, in the bath and body aisle at your local 
supermarket and or um, pharmacy type all-in-one Rite Aid. Your, your, your local grocer. grocer. Your local grocer. Grocer? Isn't that what you Is that how we say it? Grocer and not grocer? I say grocer, but technically it can be said both ways. Really? I hate when people say grocer. I think it's fucking Who stupid. Who the fuck has ever said grocer? A lot of people. I said He it. said it because I said it. Who says grocer? Nobody. Plenty of people say oh, grocer. Grocery store. Do they really? Yes. A grocery store? Are these yeah, the same people that add the S to the end of Kmart like I'm going to Kmart's? No, because that's wrong. Dylan does that. That's wrong, Sorry, that's wrong on all. That's wrong on all accounts. But grocer them up. is a legit pronunciation, even grocer, though it's kind of really. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That C can huh. go both ways. All right, man. That's, Dark uh, temptation. By seashore. <laughs> Dark temptation is an accent. You know the the most popular brand of men's liquid soap on on the in the country yes. in the United States. I'm familiar. <laughs> They also make deodorant, body spray, and shampoo. Um, all three of which I own in addition to my regular body wash. Are they all Dark Temptation? They're all Dark Temptation. So they I go into keep... your scent. It, it just goes from it... shower to, <laughs> to the street. <laughs> yeah. So what I like about that is, yeah, you have one consistent scent. Like I'm just not washing from the my shower to crime alley. <laughs> I'm not washing my hair with head and pearls. shoulders. So wait, how did you decide upon? Dem- what is it? Dark temptation. Dark temptation. How, did you? What were you spe- going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so, but did you like stand in the aisle and yes. like, smell them all? I, yeah. I, but here's the oh, thing. Oh, I you have, have to take a break because your nose burnt out after a little here's bit. Here's what you got to watch out for. You have to clean your, your nose palate. You got to watch out for. You open the little, the soap thing. You click it open. You kind of look around because you don't want people to see you doing this. I hate this shopping My mom, and you squeeze it. And you squeeze it a little and sometimes it goes up oh, your no. nose. <laughs> I would have killed myself five minutes ago on the shopping trip. <laughs> I wish but I would have went with him. Matt, come to the register on the <laughs> Sir, you've got something in there. Oh, that's just, that's I'm breathing, it's like so dark and coming out. Right like down my dark face. temptation all over his face, <laughs> neck and chest. See, that's more like what I thought it was. No, this is, it's it's a sweeter scent. Sir, are you I tapping mean, you under the it? stall doors in the bathroom? No, Ian. it's dark temptation. <laughs> Ian, you smelled it. Tell the audience, it smells good. It smells dark <laughs> and tempting. I was like, ah, oh, I need some more. I think it smells good, Paul. It's delicious. It smells like CeeLo Green's jizz rag. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. Fuck yes. Was there anything else to talk about tonight? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of sidetracked a, a teeny <laughs> tiny little itty bit. But so mall rats too. We're all happy. Nah. Yeah, man. Nah. Wait, wait, wait. What's the title gonna be? Nah. Nah. You dirty rat. It's dark temptation. We've decided. <laughs> What's you dirty rat? Isn't that what they're gonna call it? You dirty rat. Oh, oh mall rats. I think, I think the they're just gonna go mall rats too. Fucking around with. I didn't think that was. Oh, legit. okay. Okay, maybe it's. I don't just think anything else too. has been. Has been officially announced. It'll be interesting. It's to seriously, see. just going to be mall rats too. It'll be interesting. They're not going to get cute with it. They might. You never know. Maybe it'll have a subtitle. Right. Well, when they were developing Clerks Two, wasn't it like Clerks Two, like Clerk Harder or something like that? 
I don't know. I, I love Mallrats so much to this day. Like, it has just as much sentimental value as the Star Wars movies do. Like, I love that movie. So it'll always stand on its own and have a special place in my heart. I don't necessarily think we need another one. Isn't that the way need... that we felt about Clerks? Yeah, and I was just going to say that. I didn't think well, we Well, I know that because I jumped Clerks. on top of it. But Clerks 2 I love better than <laughs> Clerks 1. But I was never a huge Clerks fan. Mallrats is special. Mallrats is something super different. So... As much as I'd love to see Jason Lee as Brody Bruce again, I don't know, man. Like, Tusk didn't live up to the hype, and Yoga Hosers is going to be terrible. How we all know that, right? How are you surprised by that? Let's rewind it. What time. was the hype on Tusk? Like, was were any hype? of us really excited? That These two knuckleheads were. Yeah. Did you both see it? Fan. F- yes. Fan hype, not general public hype. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. I saw it in the theater, and I bought the Blu-ray. So you liked it. That's living up to the hype. I, you I only the bought the Blu-ray because Kevin Smith does a commentary on it, and I knew that that would at least be entertaining. The movie itself was bizarre, but it had his trademark style. Even something that is stylistically different than what he normally does, like um, Red State, still had his style. And I like that style, so I like to see that. So, you know, Mallrats had such a definitive end to it. You know, Brody goes off to host the Tonight Show. T.S. and <laughs> Brandy get married. Like, I don't know. I suppose Peeves got a plan in order, a script that he thinks can follow that up. But it was just such a good movie from start to finish. I don't really think this is necessary. So I'm going in with more hesitation than excitement sorry why are you sorry I think I, I think uh, Paul brought the show down more than we were talking about <laughs> death but what I will say is I'm excited for this I, I think it's great I like mall rats I, I love mall rats it's one of my absolute favorite comedies of all time and I you know Kevin Smith I think has a lot of like respect for his own creation so I think we'll be okay are you a Kevin Smith person, Darcy? I love Kevin Smith, yeah. but I, I, I'm excited because I feel like he does. I feel like he's one of the people who actually, when he does sequels, they're successful, at least in my opinion. Um, I've enjoyed those. Um, what sequels did he do other than Clerks 2? What well, are we counting, like Jane's? I Bob count Bob Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, okay. In my opinion, you know what? And I they all like, live in the same universe. Yeah, they so. do. But Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back does not See, hold up the way that I would have wanted it to. I never thought that movie was good. I walked out of the theater furious. Oh, really? really? I enjoyed yeah, it. I hated that it was so over the top. Mm-hmm. It was like the Naked Gun. I was over the top, but I felt like. I felt like he knew it was over the top and he was poking fun for at sure, himself yeah. for being over the top. Because those are those characters. It even yeah. had, it literally had a cartoon soundtrack. Like the music in it was like out of a Looney Tunes. I think the composer was a Looney Tunes like composing composer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but I think that was like his mistake with, 
I think he's created this great universe where everything lives within and all of his movies are intertwined. And then now, granted, I did not see Tusk, but I feel like that's where he made the mistake was I feel like that's completely out of what he's good at. I like I, there I, was nothing I, about that preview that I was like, this is going to be a it, good movie. To me, it just looked really strange. I wasn't, if it was any other director, I wouldn't have any interest in it, I don't think. I haven't seen it yet. I would like to see it now that I know that there's a Blu-ray in the McSauce family. I'll have to borrow it. Yeah, I'll bring it next week. I I thought it was going to be good. It still might. Now when I watch it, I might like it. Even if it wasn't Kevin Smith, I think I would like to see it because it seems so fucked up and goofy. I think you'll hate it. Maybe. Maybe. But if I'll, if I'll I know the old Paul hate meter like <laughs> I think I do, you're going to hate it pretty hard. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I know I don't like Justin Long's mustache. I mean, look. Look. The, the chances well, of you... Well, who does? The chances of you hating Justin something Long? to begin with... His mustache. No. I was within five feet of Justin Long. Really? Yeah. Did you touch him? I didn't touch him. In fact, I sort of like gave him that, like, I'm totally better than you are look <gasps> and walked past oh, him. Oh, you're not. How dare you? I... T- where where was this at? Um, I was a featured extra in a movie. Which movie? You're a celebrity. Which movie? Featured. Featured extra. I don't think I made the cut, though. I feel like my scene was cut. That's okay. You can in tell our film. listeners all about it. I was a featured extra in the soon-to-be-released movie Fathers and Daughters, starring Russell Crowe and Amanda Seyfried. Mm. I played a drunken loose woman in a bar whose Not husband crossed... is it, Dars? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Totally typecast. Um, whose husband propositions Amanda Seafried in the bar for a three-way. Oh, she, Dylan. She, by the way... You yes. dirty scoundrel. <laughs> I know. But, so while we're there, she's very sweet. I will have the listeners know. She came over, she talked with us, she was super sweet and nice. Um, She's like, I'll be doing the three-way with you. <laughs> apologized for everything, so I think we're like kindred spirits, because I feel like I apologize for everything, too. Um, but while we were on break, I noticed that someone had come and was like snuggling her and, you know everything and I glanced over and I was like that is Justin Long hmm. so as I was after that's some insider scoop because I didn't know that that was going yeah, down so well it might not anymore it's like a year ago that's okay but right. as of a year ago they were an item well as I as we wrapped for the night and I was leaving I walked by their trailer and he was standing outside I guess getting some fresh air and I just was like what, whatever Justin Long <laughs> Slowly I'm walking in my car. I'm drunk skank number one. <laughs> Recognize. What were you in waiting? Yeah, exactly. Have good luck with that tusk. Whatever. So that was, that was unnecessary. So even if it gets cut, fathers and daughters? Fathers and daughters. Fathers Maybe and I'll daughters. be a DVD extra. McSauce listeners, support that movie. Support us mm-hmm. by supporting that film. Are we going to get to Star Wars at all tonight? No. We can't. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to cover before we get in? Speaking into- of fathers and daughters, Star Wars, Rebels. Hey. Hey, segue. I don't get that segue at all. There's, there's, there's not. There's not. Paul. Matt. 
The new animation from Lucasfilm Animation is Star Wars Rebels, the follow-up to the Clone Wars. They just finished their first 13-episode season. Going in, I think we had relatively mild expectations for this. I think we were very fearful that it was going to be a bit of a glorified kid show. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did it turn out? Did, were our expectations correct, or did it do more than we thought it might or less it did way more than i thought it was going to i thought it was going to be a glorified kids show uh-huh and you know there were clearly parts geared for kids but it held a lot of weight held a lot more weight than i thought it was going to and the voice actors i think throughout the series at least in the characters that i really liked did a <laughs> did a great job we can we can get to the characters you don't like i have a feeling that we may be on the same page as far as that's concerned um Ian, yeah did you feel that this show exceeded i mean i think collectively our expectations were this show might not be that great it might be okay we all got together back in september and we watched the the kickoff show, which was the one-hour spark, pilot. spark of the rebellion or something like that, and it was the one-hour pilot, and it was okay. I think we kind of all gave it about a seven, maybe a six, something I don't, like that. I don't think that we gave it a number. Okay, we smashed that fucking show. Because I listened today to what we had to say. Oh, okay. We didn't like it very much. No. The premiere episode, the pilot, from what we were expecting, had a lot of problems. And either, either that or we're just picky sons of bitches. Well, we and are. we're complaining about <laughs> hair and eyebrows for mm -hmm. hours. So, I don't know. I remember, I remember somebody complaining about eyebrows. Those are still bad. Okay. I, I had a complaint about eyebrows as well, so we're not going to put that all on Paul. I try to imagine those in real life, and I'm like, how does that back end even work? <laughs> you groom that shit. Hells yeah. He's got some wax. And the, the hair animation isn't flawless. Ez, Ezra's like, hey, uh, Kanan, you want to go practice lightsabers? And he's like, hold on, i got to finish working on my eyebrows. <laughs> better pencil these in. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that this... This show exceeded our expectations because our expectations were extremely low. In the end, I really... Extremely low? I feel like yeah, that is we an were... extreme statement. No. We were brutal. We didn't like the first episode going in. I don't think that generally we were excited about it all that much. No, I was excited. Well, maybe you. I was excited. Now, after the, the pilot, I did think eh, it could kind of not be great. Yeah, I, I don't think our expectations were all that high. So the quality of this show really surprised me. I, I In the end, I thought it was a really great product. I thought, I haven't watched all of The Clone Wars, but I thought that this was a superior show to The Clone Wars. Do you want to expand on that? I thought it was just done more uh, the characters were more likable I thought the animation was better eyebrows and all um, I, I really liked the Inquisitor character mm -hmm. I thought he was more menacing and a better foe than I had ever expected him to be mm -hmm. and um, so 
Yeah, there were, they did a lot with characters that I have no attachment to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the era that this takes place in, but all the Clone Wars villains, like Asajj, Ventress, and the weird people that put Darth Maul together, they all felt like expanded universe characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't really Star Wars characters. But even a Sith ripoff like the Inquisitor feels like a pretty legit Star Wars universe creation. Even though we talked about putting him in the Sith generator and spit out this character, after seeing him flesh out, he felt original, he felt threatening, and he was somebody that not only did I want to see more of in that in in the in the show, I want to I'd like to see him in the movies. Well, see, I know that can't happen. That said, but I'm, I'm still not a big fan of him. I'd ra- I would have rather the focus been on uh, the general guy with the big mutton chops. Callus. Oh, Callus. Callus. I think he, yeah, I like Callus. Whenever they introduced uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, he was great. You know, I like the some... female Imperial officer. Like, I like the regular Imperials a lot With more than... With the beehive helmet thing? Yeah, a lot more than... Uh, I thought she was a... Like, she's like a... Sith generator. No, 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 no. 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 She's, she's not like... a... Uh, an officer. She, I thought, isn't she some kind of politician or something? No, she's an officer, I believe, but she's escorts the politicians uh, around. Yeah, she's like an empire. She's like an ambassador. Oh, okay, between ambassador. them. I also don't think they were heavy-handed with how much they used the Inquisitor. He wasn't in every single episode, so when he did show up, it was like a, it was a treat. It was something that you look forward. Yeah, to. and I understand it's the Star Wars universe, so you have to have Jedi's. And you but have don't you to want that? Sith. Don't you want to see that? Like put yeah, but all <laughs> everything else aside, and don't you want to see some dude with a red lightsaber fight some dude with a blue one? No, that's what I want to see. No, I'm fine with. Okay. Um, I don't. I'm fine with Kanan, and even Kanan training Ezra. They have plenty to do with lightsabers. Like I don't need another fucking Sith. Like, every time there's another Sith, it's like, well, how special is Darth Vader then? He's just another fucking guy. Well, I mean, but technically the Inquisitor isn't a Sith, right? Right. Come on. I know, I know, but technicalities, he's sort of not. But I mean, what are you going to do though? Because I I sort of agree with Ian on this point. I feel like Especially if you're, like, trying to, like, bring up a generation in the Star Wars universe. Like, we all know, as adults, we grew up with this, right? But, like, for instance, like, Jude loves this show. But Jude really doesn't have any... Who's Jude? My child. You're... How old's Jude? Three and a half. Three and a half year old. So he doesn't really have, like, a Star Wars knowledge at this point, right? So we're, we're raising this generation... With Star Wars. So this is how we're introducing the ideas of these different archetypes to them. I understand why they did it. I, you know, they did it because they need to sell action figures and people like Siths and the Jedis need someone to fight and yeah I get and it's fun I get why it's fun we like lightsaber battles and Jason Isaacs was was great Uh, the scenes where they capture where they have Kanan captured and uh, Callus and See now, what the fuck is the yeah. fake Sith's name? The Inquisitor. The Inquisitor. Inquisitor. <laughs> when they're they're interrogating the Kanan and they're kind of pressing his buttons in, in the detention block. Like I love those scenes, but I I know why he's there, and I think that takes something out of the character for me. See, my problem was more that I feel when they go back and they do stuff like this, the characters that they create almost become more 
badass than the characters that are supposed to be the most badass, right? So like you have the Inquisitor, he's way more badass than Darth Vader, right? So if I'm Palpatine, I'm gonna be like, fuck you, Darth Vader, you're lame. I've got the Inquisitor as my Sith backup, and you can be one of my Inquisitors. I now. got this fully functional vampire looking. Yeah, dude. you know what I'm saying. Like, and, and I felt the same about Kanan and Ezra. Like, you know, here's Kanan. He didn't fully become a Jedi because all the shit went down when he was still a Padawan. Order sixty six. Order sixty six, baby. And so now he's training Ezra, and Ezra almost becomes more like the chosen one because here's this kid that you know matt and i sort of had this conversation a little bit already but here's this kid that i know we i know don't it. shake your head don't shake wait your a head. second what do we you guys what do we didn't say save this for the podcast it was darcy this was supposed to be, be our secret. secret i don't yeah, know i'm totally sorry i'm sorry um you fucks just listen to what i'm saying <laughs> you fucks <laughs> It's like we cheated on you, huh? You guys, Seriously. You guys couldn't stop. You couldn't, couldn't stop, stop yourself. ourselves. It was just, it was like it's a like, dark temptation. I looked at Matt and that dark temptation just say, overcame me. That's okay. Me and dark temptation over here have our own secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but here's this kid. He didn't start training at a super young age. Um, just like, you know, Luke and, and everybody. And Which apparently isn't a big deal. Like, the Jedi has been wrong like about they this made, for years. Yeah, like they've made it into this huge deal, but it's really not a huge deal. Because Ezra's able to take control of animals' brains. He's able to levitate shit. I know. You know he and has that's extraordinary my thing. Balance. Like, he he is, does the force jump, right? Yeah. In that final episode. I feel like he did the force jump in an um, episode before the know. final one. I feel like when they are... Um, so already he's light years ahead of where Luke was. Yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like... No. So where was they, Ezra in A no, New no, Hope? No, no, I don't agree with that. I just feel like they're creating... They go back, and I get it, like, this generation is a little bit more desensitized, so, you know, characters in the 70s could do, like, lift a can, and like, oh my god, they're the chosen one. And, like, you can't do that nowadays, because kids are going to be like, whatever. I get it, but it just, it, it takes me out of the story just a little bit when I'm like... Man, Ezra's like the chosen one. Like, you know, and Kanan's badass. Like, Kanan, like, held up against the Inquisitor. Hardcore. Now, I'm ripping it apart, but I do love it. That's I the, do love it a well, lot. Well, this is the general this is, problem. This is the beauty of the McSauce yeah, podcast. This is the general problem with any ancillary stories between the big movie temples. It's like, well, we're going to tell a story between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Well, why? all the important stuff we've already seen. Like, what are you going to show me in this story between the movies that is just as important for me to care about? It isn't. You're going to man- manufacture sh- some shit. You're going to make... But can't you tell you're stories gonna make Vader in, and in between meeting in Empire less because they already did it on something 7, wherever that, mach- that TIE fighter plant is in the Star Wars book. You know, eh... Rebel, but 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 well, wait a second. We don't we always talk about it's a really big universe. Isn't there room enough for something big and to happen outside of the things that we've seen? If it's such a big universe and there's so much time that's that's gone by since Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, yeah. nothing happened in that thirty year span or whatever. Yeah, and I don't I don't dismiss this story. Like I like. Kanan 
and I like Ezra, but it's it's been announced this is canon, so this is all going to have to be rectified to line up with A New Hope. But so far, I don't see that there are all that many problems with it skewing the events of There aren't, because the there's plenty films. of time for all of these characters to be killed, <laughs> which is why yes. no one mentions them ever again. Or maybe they're just a smaller part, and I know they're rolling him into the larger faction of the Rebels, but we saw at the end of the finale that they're just a small part of a bigger thing. And that's fine. And in a later release of A New Hope, you know, you can sneak in a little ghost on the Battle of Yavin. Or maybe we, they won't do that. Maybe oh, they'll. Oh, Hera's here! Maybe they'll. Well, I feel like you can get away with leaving Hera, Sabine, Zeb. I feel like you could get away with leaving all of them alive. I feel like you have to kill the Jedi for the movies to. I agree because where were they then? Yeah, it's the it it's the solo they, Marvel Marvel films question. Well, all this stuff happened to Iron Man and Iron Man three. Where are the Avengers at? Where was Kanan at when all the shit was going down? Yeah, like yeah, that was Obi Wan. I'd be like, well, you well, can go see kill. Yoda, or you could go see Kanan, Jedi cowboy. But I don't have a big problem with them telling stories, that, you know, that add on to the lore. I have, it's it's not... Would you prefer I, I have, them not to tell any more stories? Is that the thing? I have no problem with Kanan or Ezra. I think in general... It, the stories. No he doesn't stories. want, he doesn't no want more mall rats. He doesn't want more Star Wars. What else don't want you want? More Green Lantern. Lantern. No more hockey season. The Kings won, <laughs> and that's it. No more hockey season. <laughs> If you've been following this year's King season, that's true. <laughs> I can I'm fine with Kanan and Ezra, but like they're what the fuck are you gonna do with them? Like there's plenty of time. Well that's why we're not the writers of Rebels. There's plenty dude. of time to wrap up those stories, but what are you gonna do? You're gonna kill Kanan on a kid's show? They killed a lot of people on that kid's show. They kill show. nameless stormtroopers who who can pass as robots, which is why murder is okay. What if I don't what if they resolve them. their story in a spin-off film? Their bloodlust is unquenchable. That. It's true. But yeah, you know would, would you Jayden like to see them the, in the real version? Freddie, Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Jr. I would nut hard. <laughs> Do you think that that's a possibility that they might bring this to live action? Would you want to see that? I, I know would. you wouldn't, Paul. Matt, would you want to see that? Uh, It kind of depends on the way that the series continues to progress. Right now, probably not. I'd rather that stay animated. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I would watch a live action. I'd watch it too. I would watch it, but I think I'd rather them go in other directions as of right now. But... Let's see what season two is all about. Season two looks like it's going to really change the the overall trajectory of the show in a pretty cool way. I like where Rebels is going, and I like Kanan and Ezra because yeah, there's going to be more. There's going to be more Jedi out there. They're there's... not being trained, and you know they have latent abilities, but that's not like you can only learn from one person. They're naturally born with those powers, so. You know, God's just not going to stop manufacturing that. The creators of the show are well aware of Darth Vader being the ultimate bad guy, the ultimate villain, the scariest of all the bad guys. 
this is their opportunity to make him like have him live up to his reputation because he kind of doesn't do enough in the films other than look kind of cool to justify it really I don't know I feel like that would almost bother me more what would it, uh, like if like funny. the next season of Rebels if I turn it on and like Darth Vader's like doing flips and no, no, shit no, 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 like no, no, that no. I'm like not I, saying flips but I'm saying be the the hand that kills Kanan or likely um uh Ahsoka his former apprentice which was a pretty cool thing that they did at the end by bringing in the Clone Wars character that had an unresolved ending. Nobody knew what happened to this character. I think most people assumed that her story would be told in the Clone Wars era and she would probably bite it eventually. But no, she's made it all the way to um, to the Rebellion era of Star Wars. Now they're probably gearing up for a Darth Vader, Ahsoka, lightsaber duel which my guess is that will happen at the end of season two and it will end with her death at what point did you think they were like oh shit we totally need need to make fulcrum ahsoka because totally was not the first appearance of fulcrum fulcrum because it's a man's voice the first time No, i think they did tricks to it i think it was um ashley Eckstein's voice the entire time i don't know it didn't sound like it until the second time to me I think it was it was the plan all along. And kudos to the creative team for recognizing something that the fans would love and have a giant internet boner for and go ahead and doing it. Instead of being like, well, we know you love Ahsoka Tano, but this is Ahsoka Blake. Totally different. Totally different. Close, but not your character. So don't get excited. Ahsoka Blaze. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I I don't give a shit about Ahsoka Tano. Like, she's expanded universe to me. I didn't watch nearly enough of Clone Wars to get attached to her. But I really appreciate that Filoni and Greg Wiseman put her in there. Do we feel like, that for those that don't know, at the end of this episode, Darth Vader is introduced as a character that's going to play a heavy role in Season 2. Do we think that they overplayed their hand by introducing Darth Vader so early in season two, do you think they should have held off, or do you think it's appropriate timing? You never know how many seasons you're gonna be, you're gonna yeah. give a show, so you gotta play your cards when you can. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, and I'm pretty confident that this series is only gonna last maybe four seasons tops, because as you know, by the end of season two, we're we'll have already experienced episode seven, which I think once episode seven hits. There's going to be a stronger focus on that particular era. Right now, the focus is on classic trilogy to kind of lead into episode seven. They don't want to show their hand yet. But once we kind of see what the era of Star Wars is 35 years after Return of the Jedi, I think we're going to be full speed ahead. And you're going to probably get another show that takes place in that time. Uh, Or you might see a show that focuses on Luke and Han and Leia in between. Do you Return think we'll ever get that? Because I feel like they're staying away from that. No, actually, the um, uh, Lucasfilm is working on um, a book series which encompasses comic books, children's books, novels. I think that's about it. But it it's got like 30 different books that are going to be released between now and when... 
episode seven arrives and it's called journey to the force awakens and it's going to cover those 30 35 years and supposedly it's all canon which we've talked about it before big mistake i mean it's this is not going to work to quote han solo this is not going to work it's just not it's going to get too big too fast they're already talking 30 books in 10 months and it's all canon it's just not going to work did Han say this is not going to work? Paul, did he say it? Yeah, he said it. Yeah. I, I feel like a better go quote would have been... I've got a bad feeling yes. about this. That's where I thought you were going. Well, but then well you this went... is not going to work more definitive. Right. It is. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. And then... To quote Han Solo, and I'm I know. And I'm surprised why Darcy... <laughs> Darcy should have said, why didn't you say so before? I said, well, I didn't have a chance to talk. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Totally failed you. Who, who's our favorite character from Rebels? Hera. Hera's it, pretty the, awesome. Does Hera remind anyone else of Gina Torres from Firefly? Yeah, because... A little bit. Yeah, I mean, she's probably in that like role. I like her so much. They seem like the crew of Serenity, so... Yeah, like, I can't... I have a hard time separating those two characters. All right, so Darcy's Which is not is a negative. Ian, your favorite is... I like Ezra a Ezra. lot. Yeah, no, Zeb, no. I like... <laughs> Zeb Aurelius. Yeah, no. I liked Ezra a lot. I thought he was a... He was a cool character to be the central figure of the show. Uh-huh. I, I, I liked him. I'm excited to see where he goes in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the his lightsaber with the blaster part and all that. I know some people hate that shit, that's fun, man. That's fun. Who hated it? I'm it. I'm guessing that people might hate it. I feel like anytime anyone changes a lightsaber, people lose their mind. Yeah, but I thought it was fun. It was cool. It was different. It was a completely different would, take on the old lightsaber. I would sign up to be lightsaber police in a heartbeat. Yeah, I know. And I would like, enforce that shit like the Nazis. Okay, but yes, I... you would, because you're a Nazi. I am with Ian on this one. It did not bother me because here you have this kid that's not really that great at using a lightsaber yet, but he's really great at using a blaster. And so if you're constantly getting in fights, you want to be able to protect yourself, but you only want to have one weapon, it's functional, I would do it. Lightsaber training wheels. Mm-hmm. Fun. I don't know why you're giving me the Dark Temptation eyes. <laughs> I don't want to suck a dick. I think dick. you can make your eyebrows do Kanan's thing. Yeah, and I, I get the practicality of the weapon, and you know, Kanan's, you know, such a you know creative kid that he would make it, and it makes total sense in the story. I do not prefer my lightsaber to shoot stingrays. You got a license for that saber, son? <laughs> you been well, drinking being, tonight? If I had to pick between, the Inquisitor would also get pulled over. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. If I had to pick between a lightsaber that happened to have a blaster pistol attached to it or one that spins around i would go in the pistol i even like the spinny the spinny's fine it's fun as dangerous as the episode seven lightsaber looks the inquisitor's lightsaber is just nightmare on wheels how does anyone use that properly i don't know episode seven lightsaber the the hilt lightsaber I think he might go to lightsaber jail for that one. So far. First blush, lightsaber jail. 
If your lightsaber is anything more than a hilt oh, with okay. one blade, you are going to lightsaber electric chair. Done. And you, you know get man? and you get three colors. You get red, blue, or green. Unless you're uh... You don't get fucking purple. <laughs> I don't care you're if you're Samuel L. Jackson and you put in a special request. Did you ever play? You don't get purple. You don't play video games, do you? No. You never played like Knights of the Old Republic or. And to be to be fair here, I was even unhappy with the old Luke Skywalker action figure that came with a yellow lightsaber. Come on, Kenner, get your shit together. Wow. I have a hard stance on lightsabers. See, <laughs> I'll that. play. I'll say. Kanan's solid. But his comes apart in two pieces. Does that bother you? Well, all lightsabers come apart. Yeah, but not like that. His, his is just like works the... perfectly like... Yeah. How does the crystal not fall out? Fucking no. I look like Dave Filoni. <laughs> the force. You look like a lightsaber policeman. I always felt like a lightsaber is... Like, even when Obi-Wan first mentions it in, in, in A New Hope about being an, an, an elegant weapon. I feel like to properly wield a lightsaber, you need to be so good at this that just the one blade is plenty. Like, you don't need all that other shit. Like, you're so talented with this one blade, you don't need fancy hilt. You don't need it to spin around on its own. Like, all you're so fucking badass, you don't need spectacle. Okay, so... I, I agree with that. However, that goes to show that the Inquisitor, he's not even a real Sith because he used, like, extra technology and gimmicks with his fancy lightsaber to do the spinny thing. He wasn't doing that with his real hands. It was just kind of doing yeah, it Yeah, he just sort of, like, pressed a button and it was like... Yeah, yeah it's it, mechanized. It was, it was mechanized. And so that just showed his weaknesses as a... Is a sword master that goes against the Sith bylaws. He it can't does. use technology. Um, well, it didn't help him, even though lightsabers are technology. You can't use additional technology. Correct. Okay. Um, what was the other thing you were saying, Paul? Just that you're like. It's such a badass weapon, and you're such a badass oh, Jedi yeah. or Sith. Yeah. You don't need tricks. Right. You don't need fancy well, stuff. Well, and then to talk about the the two-handed Claymore style from Episode 7, from what I'm understanding is that is an ancient lightsaber that goes way back, and that's why it has that fiery kind of look to it. it looks more primitive. I don't know if that's true, but I'm buying it for now. And like Ezra's shoot 'em up saber, it may have a completely practical story reason that works. Well, it I thought it already established that. I mean, he built it and it has like, Ezra. Yeah. Ezra's, yeah, Ezra's does. The Claymore one we haven't oh, seen right. the movie yet. Right, right, right. Okay. Um so So let's say with the Claymore, I've only issued lightsaber subpoena. <laughs> they haven't been sentenced yet. Like you're gonna meet with the district magistrate? Fucking Judge yeah. Dredd over here, man. How how fair of you. But Ezra does Ezra Ezra does he get a subpoena? Is he free to go? Does he does he have to go to jail? Like he's only a minor now. <laughs> don't let it be on his permanent record. Oh no, it's on his permanent record. 
But he, he gets... You're so harsh. He gets a, a warning and a fine. Because at some point, you have to expect... He he's graduates past the blaster. the blaster part of it. That's my assumption. At some point, he's going to be like, I don't need this shit anymore. It was really cool to see Kanan fight with that thing and a regular lightsaber. I thought that that lightsaber duel at the mm -hmm. end of the first season was easily the coolest lightsaber. Yeah, it was the best lightsaber fight in animation I've ever seen. And that includes everything I've seen from the Clone Wars. Um, you know, six seasons of the Clone Wars plus any episode of Rebels. I thought that was the coolest. I like that it kind of invoked Duel of the Fates whenever they mm -hmm. were totally yeah. running. And uh, they played a little hint of that music. Yeah. Although, honestly, Ezra had no business being in that fight. He should have been pretty scared of the Inquisitor. Yeah, yeah but he had his ass handed to him. He did nothing. Very quickly. Yeah. All he did was... Which I like that. He grabbed his Kanan's lightsaber with the Force, and when he did it, I was like, ooh, this is cool, this is getting good. And I was real excited, but like in the back of my head, I knew oh, this see, isn't going to work out. Yeah, well I had the opposite reaction. I was like, oh, please tell me they're not going to, and then they did, and I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that Ezra got his ass handed yeah. to him. But yeah. I wasn't happy that Kanan bounced back so fast. Like, he got his ass fucking tortured. Like, he was on death's door when Ezra comes and bails him out. Yeah. And then, like, two minutes later, he is at 110% yeah, like, peak performance. Like, he should have got his he ass was, kicked a little he more. He was calling on the Force the way Yoda did when Yoda had to fight. Yeah, but Yoda wasn't in, like, hours and hours of torture before that. No, but he moved around like he was. And wasn't Cannon pulling more from anger and pain and all the... Dark side kind of stuff. No, I don't think so. He just no. said that he had no fear. Nothing, no fear. Okay. Yeah, he finally yeah. had. He had that epiphany, and let his fear go. And now because he, he thought was Ezra was kick. dead. Meanwhile, Ezra was down five feet below on the next ledge. How did he not see him? Well, it's I like, mean, you yeah. got dual swinging lightsabers well, coming let's at say you. He he was knocked out, so he was unmoving down there. So came okay. and saw him. Assumed he broke his neck. Oh, okay. It's Rebels. It happens to Stormtroopers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's Broken necks are a dime a dozen before. on that show. <laughs> Matt, favorite character? Um, Probably Kanan. We are so on tonight. Probably yes. Kanan. Kanan, I think, is interesting because there is a, a history, an untold history there, that I am really intrigued to, I to learn about. I missed school one day and everybody got killed. That's it. That's the history. It's not. It's not that simple. He was at school. Oh, that day. I'm sorry. Yeah. He hid in the closet. He in the locker. Everybody got killed. We'll get to read that story later this year because Greg Wiseman, one of the writers on Rebels, is gonna write that comic book. Right. And I'm gonna get Kanan's big adventure. Yeah. Once I found out that Wiseman was writing it, now I'm gonna check it out because it's coming from a guy that's very intimate with the character in the show so it's not going to be like someone else coming in and writing his own version of canon he'll still have Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice which is easily the best part of the show <clears throat> really is he may be fat now but his voice still has it well if you broke your neck and were laid up for, for however long you'd be fat too his voice still looks like is, Freddie Prince Jr. from Summer Catch is that what happened to Freddie Prince Jr.? I don't know I'm pretty sure something happened he had really? a, like he was like I didn't know he was fat. Though. I don't know. Google it. He's I'm husky. Ninety percent sure he? that he broke his neck or something I, horrible happened, and he had to have like. I back believe surgery. it. I just didn't know. 
so okay we've all agreed that our that our initial expectations for this show were shattered they were they were far exceeded right how much so let's put let's put mcsauce numbers like we do everything polynomics polynomics as we call them here paul why don't you go ahead and start I wish I would have listened to that old episode to hear just how much we hammered the pilot. I th- I'll say I went in with a four hmm. for expectation. I thought it was going to be a real kid show, like the stuff I had already seen. Just look, um, it looked elementary. After watching the pilot not, episode, Paul you- said there was not much that I really liked. So that's. I guess that's a four. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to lower that number? I'm fine lowering no, it. No, four's probably four. good. Um, after the first season, probably give it an eight. I was a little excited. Ooh, that's high. When I saw a new one on the old DVR. Four to eight. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. What a swing. I mean, that is a hell of a swing. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff I'm not crazy about, but for the most part, I think they, they really pulled a lot of characters together than a lot of themes that I really liked. Yeah, you can't um, escape the fact that it is still a kid's show and it's still on Disney XD. Right. That's a fact of the matter that will never escape the fact that like one of the things for us will probably always hold it back from complete greatness. It is still not the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is the current gold standard of kids animation what would you give that paul 10 whoa yeah. 10. 10 on all accounts that show is fucking good it's on nickelodeon so it's still geared toward kids but the guys creating that show holy fuck my favorite was the D episode of turtles yeah what's the D episode they played D in the sewers and there was like a bird. Are you a Dungeons no. and Dragons person? Yeah. I've played my fair share of Dungeons oh, and goodness. Dragons. It is a role playing game, is goodness, it not, Sharply? I guess. Alright, so Paul gave it a, an 8. Ian, what are you going to give Star Wars Rebels after 13 episodes? I liked it a lot. I'll, I'll give it a 7. A 7. Now, what do you feel? where do you feel you were before? I might have been lower than a 4, although I wasn't wow. as vocal about it because I almost didn't even watch it so i'm gonna say three Mm. because i didn't have any interest at all Mm -hmm. if i wasn't doing the show i probably wouldn't have watched it really yeah Hmm. got a lot of stuff going on a lot of spinning plates seven's pretty high for someone that wouldn't even have watched it if you didn't have to podcast about it yeah i liked it a lot it was really good so does that mean you're gonna go back for season two yeah even if we don't make you talk about it Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Seven it is. I would say that may even be an eight. Oh, well, that's what you would say. I put a snowman on the board for You would that be guy. putting words in my mouth. Seven. It's not the only thing he puts in your mouth oh. with, those, with that dark temptation of yours. <laughs> Darcy? You know, at first I was... I was uh, giving Paul a hard time about the four to eight jump, but the more I think about it, I would probably be a four to eight jump too, because I remember when we, now I wasn't, I didn't see the initial episode with you guys, but I had watched the preview. Where were you, by the way? 
You were invited, and you said, "Oh, no. yeah, we waited." I had like, eleven o'clock that I night think so. for you to show, and you never showed. And you know up. what? I was sitting here, and I was like, "You know, Darcy's going to show. She's." I did dependable. not. Okay. First of all. It was like this mixed signal of an invitation. So I felt that I wasn't technically invited and I didn't want to be rude and show up and be like, oh, Darcy just shows up on our door and expects to be on the podcast. This is bullshit. The way that you were presenting this, you were invited. No, I said that verbatim. I didn't really. I'm kidding. (laughs) I was going to leap over this table and kick your ass. (laughs) Anyway... I was here when we watched the preview for it. Um, mm. And so we talked about it briefly on that episode as well when we watched the preview about it. And I remember being very hesitant um, in how I felt about the animation style. Um, I remember that. Yeah, you were pretty harsh on it. I was a little harsh on the animation style. I recall calling it Toy Story-esque where they all looked like dolls or something like that. The animation has grown on me. Um, I do find that every once in a while, all of the characters, if you watch closely, have default positions that I'm sure the program that they're designing them in just sort of like naturally defaults them to. Hmm. So like, Hera will just all of a sudden be like, (laughs) and put her hand on her hip and gets like this like head tilt to the side. And that's like her- Sassy number one. Yeah. And that's like her (laughs) default set. And they all have like these default sets. So that every once in a while draws me out a little bit. But on the whole, the animation that style... That throws me in. I always like that pose. <laughs> you like... You like... Don't blow me off, hair. You like shirt off the sleeve, arms above the head. Well, that, not, not so much the fact the pose itself, you like but the fact that temptation. all... <laughs> but the fact that all of the characters had like a Green temptation that they yeah. sort of like went yeah. back into. That's more what I mean. Like the crew would just be standing there and all of a sudden the crew, like it would be like... Almost like when your computer goes to like sleep or something. It's like they all went to this like default pose. They were marionettes. Yeah. So every once in a while that drew me out. But overall the animation style really did grow on me. Um, There were still times where I felt the weight of the characters wasn't wasn't really matching up the way I wanted it to. Yeah. But overall I really liked all the characters. I really liked the character development. I didn't feel like they labored on... I feel like a lot of shows and a lot of books and a lot of co- like comics fall victim to the characters constantly like struggling with the same problem. Um, over and over and over. It'll be like season five and your main character still dealing with the same issue and you're like, oh my god, get over it already. I feel like they're really making progression with their characters and they're all developing and then they're encountering new problems and stuff like that. Um, So I really got attached to a lot of the characters. I thought that they had great personalities. Um, I thought that they were all complimentary of each other. I felt that they had really strong female um, characters because, you know, I got to get on my little feminist soapbox for a second. But I really felt that Hera and Sabine were like, Really awesome characters. Are they really um, more so than a lot of Star Wars characters and that we had seen in the past? Um, I mean, there were some in Clone Wars, obviously that 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 fit that type. But I was just overall, I was really proud of the whole show. I was really proud of it. I was like, yeah, I'm 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 totally on board with this. I I went from I was on out of town for work for uh, one of the store openings and I got back to the hotel room and 
I was like, well, I rarely ever get to watch TV late at night. I'm going to see what's on TV. And the, the, you know, it happened to be on the Disney Channel. And I was like, I got to stay up. Now, I'm like, usually at like 9 o'clock, I'm passed out. And it was like 11 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. This is awesome. And I kept like being excited every time I would see another one. And then I would binge watch a couple in a row. So I really liked it. I'm going to give it the four to eight jump like Paul. That was really long-winded. Sorry. Forty, The four to eight season pass jump. Mm-hmm. No, we asked you for your opinion. You That's gave a great good. detailed. I know, a little uh, too detailed. No, <laughs> like, no. Manny C. Uh, I would probably give it an eight. I would give it an eight because it, like I was saying just a little bit ago, um, there are aspects of this show that are inescapable that, uh, that don't jive with me and it's just the way it's going to be. It's got to retain some of its like kid-friendly nature. And as a 35-year-old, it's just not exactly what I would want. Um, it's still it's still a cartoon. And um, you do know, you th- I do you think that Disney XD and Nickelodeon are two different enough channels that maybe Turtles is allowed to have a more mature edge to it? Yes. Yeah. I am stunned at what they did accomplish and get away with on Star Wars. Yeah. And the show, you know, in just 13 episodes, got more mature as it went along. Do we feel I it's mean, more mature than Clone Wars? Potentially. It's certainly not darker than Clone Wars ended up being by the fourth and fifth season. Um, but, I mean, by the third to the last episode of uh, Rebels, like, when Kanan was captured, the drama of that episode, to me, was unparalleled. Like, and I keep comparing it to Clone Wars. I know there are different things, different animation styles, different stories, but I can't help but compare I them. I think there's a concerted effort to connect the two, though. Yeah, but not right out of the gate. I think But isn't wanted- that better? To take your time, flesh out the new universe, and then connect it? Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah. Was I indicating that that wasn't? I felt you weren't. Oh, okay. No, I, I agree with that. I think what you're saying is accurate. Now, um, a couple issues that I that I did have... Um, Zeverellius. Zeverellius is not my favorite character. He's would, not. Uh, would you say he's your least favorite character? No. Oh! <gasps> Sabine is my least favorite character. Darcy, did you hear that? He hates girls. You asshole, misogynistic piece of shit. Yeah. Very much like I felt the Inquisitor's look was run through the Sith Generator app on my iPhone, Sabine was definitely a design by committee character straight out of 1998. Her, what a great year, though. I mean, come on. Her, her color palette... It's fun. With the neon colors and the fact that she's real artsy. Just what I was always hoping for out of my favorite Star Wars she's character. She's clearly got Blink-182 on the iPod. Um, I just... It was I've, radical. I've it was never, extreme. I've never felt like I needed a pink Boba Fett. And not only that... I know that, a five-year-old that would strongly disagree with you. Well, that's the five-year-old's problem. <laughs> if, he, if the five-year-old wants to debate with me... Bring them on the show. We'll talk. But I feel like 
she was a pair of rollerblades short of, of fully realizing her, her potential. I, she just didn't fit. The voice actress was f phenomenal. I liked the character itself, but like a lot of the antics that she did as far as like um, her kind of acrobatics, which were more Jedi-like than any of the Jedi that we saw. She did parkour, parkour yeah. <laughs> it was it was absurd by the the final episode in the beginning when they um, blow up all those tie fighters in the in the airfield or whatever that was and the way that she's doing those flips over top of the of the stormtroopers you don't see uh, Ezra do, Ezra's the parkour kid you don't see him do anything like that you don't see Kanan do anything like that you don't see Zebarellius do anything like that but she's bouncing around like fucking like like Yoda taught her how to do this stuff from when he fought Count Dooku it was it, it was stupid and it really pulled me out when um, they flew the TIE fighter in that she spray painted and like that <clears throat> that's pretty clear that this is not your average TIE fighter somebody should mark that I felt they were missing a line like all they needed was that one line that was like oh this totally got graffitied by some loser rebels we need well, to get it repaired didn't they and have some like, oh yeah totally come didn't on didn't one of the stormtroopers say something like oh I kind of like it that like, was actually really yeah. funny done I, I like those other rebels come to kill you cause that's like, what they're gonna do they're gonna kill you that, that doesn't, doesn't murder squad you're a stormtrooper <laughs> you're like the red shirt of the star wars rebel <laughs> yeah. universe that's what the show should have been called murder squad <laughs> <laughs> the uh the stormtrooper I think says that's not standard issue or something and then the one's like I kind of like it I thought that was so funny I laughed out loud at that part but I was fine with them painting it because they did add a line that said like they're not even going to see it they're going to scan the ship before they even see it and by the time they do it'll be too late because they'll be dead cause whatever I was, I was blast her fire in their neck it made sense that she painted it because that's, that's what thing. the character does and they weren't they weren't planning on using this TIE fighter. Correct. As far as Sabine and Ezra knew, this was hidden out in the desert and they were never going to touch it. That again. was the least of my concerns. I think the things that I don't like about uh, Sabine is her overall design and just, it's, it it feels like too American teenager 1998 to me than like Star Wars character. It's, I like the character but I just, I, and I'm sure she's going to evolve and get better but like that hopping around thing like a frog was really over the top the straight the spray painting street art thing feels very earthen to me yes it doesn't feel like aliens from other planets would be doing this right and that pulls me out all the time yeah uh but zeb is another character that i could probably live without if they want to kill zeb off in the first episode of season two have at it see that's where i'm at if i had to pick one to go i'd pick zeb yeah um or Zeb and Sabine can be in a TIE fighter together and gets blown up. That's cool, too. <laughs> um, but Darth Vader, if you're listening, and we know you are. Ezra. If you remove Zeb and Sabine, I am on board. Right. We're in sync tonight, Paul. It's a little scary. I won't uh, lie. It's disgusting. Wait till it we must talk be about your dark whatever temptations. Wait till we talk about Rogue One. Um, <laughs> that all change. Uh, I'm excited. Let's talk about that. Let's bring <laughs> Kanan, this whole thing down in flames. Kanan, 
Ezra, Hera, and Chopper. I like all those characters. I think Chopper's great. Paul and I talked about this before. I know we shouldn't have done it because we didn't. What? You're giving me shit and you're fucking doing them in the ass behind my back. <laughs> Podcast mistresses <laughs> everywhere. I show up late. There's <laughs> podcast infidelity all over the place. Paul and I agree that Chopper's little I'm head arms, we could probably do without it. Yeah, every time he's like, Right. Yeah. We don't feel like that, that exactly. exactly. It's okay. That's that's nitpicky. Come on. It it. That's fine. We feel like they can convey personality without the arms. Although I will say this, I think it was the second to last episode when, um, when Chopper's like flying through space and he's trying to latch on to the ghost, and his one arm is like so close to reaching that handlebar. Like I was like feeling tense for this droid character, which. Up until then, I liked, but I didn't have any kind of emotional attachment to. But when it looked like his life was in danger, I was like, holy shit! Grab it! Grab it! So, I really like Chopper. Don't like him as much as R2-D2, but he's my second favorite. Well, losing Chopper Detroit. at this point is like losing a pet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chopper's it's, it's great. More, it's more troubling if we lose Chopper than right. if Zebrelius goes. Yeah, right. Now, now... So, just to kind of talk a little bit more about the show in general. The animation I liked from the very beginning. I think that it is a very traditional style of animation. It's, like, very um, exaggerated in a lot of ways. Like, exaggerated movements and motions that you typically see in, like, a, a Disney 2D animation. And, or a parkour video. Or a parkour video, yeah. <laughs> so it fits. Uh, I... I like the trajectory and the tone of the show. By the third to last episode, you had the Inquisitor decapitate those two bumbling uh, Imperial officers that were established in the very first pilot, who I wasn't even sure we'd ever see again, but by the third to last episode, they were they had their heads chopped off by the Inquisitor. Like, that's... Darth Vader choked some people in the Empire. But the Inquisitor chopped their heads off. That's how he does it. That was kind of cool. Although, I will say, as much as I thought the Inquisitor was a fun foe and he was kind of scary at times, particularly his introduction when he kind of cornered Kanan and Ezra in the cell block when they tried to break into that prison. Um... I'm glad they killed off the Inquisitor in season one, and from what I understand, that was the plan all along, because they don't want him to outshine Darth Vader as being the ultimate badass of the galaxy, but they also didn't want him to be that character that gets defeated every other episode, and, you know, he's shaking his fist at Kane, and oh, I'll get you next time. He's Boss Hog. They didn't want him to be Boss Hog. They wanted him to be a legit character. They didn't want him to be a, quote, cartoon character. So I feel like they did a really good job of kind of ending him where they did. What they have to do, though, is be faithful to that understanding. You're going to have to kill your heroes off, too, without having them go too far, or else it kind of um, kind of like dampens the, the impact of the classic and original trilogy characters. So I do like that Kanan is not a very good pilot. Yeah. In contrast to Luke being a very good pilot. Yeah. 
Um, Piloting's all in the genes. The yeah, so it's it's not just the force thing. If you have yeah. the force, you're a great pilot. I like that. That's clearly something Luke has above other people, not related to the force. Yeah. Um, I like the music. I like the music a lot better in this than in the Clone Wars. This music literally swipes from the classic trilogy. Clone Wars created all new stuff that didn't really have very Star Wars-esque themes, and it was just kind of music. Coincidentally, it's the same composer, but this time the the shackles are off. They're, they told him, you can make it sound like Star Wars. I think George Lucas wanted to try different things last time. He wanted to experiment more, and he has no involvement in this show, so... Um, so they're letting this composer make Star Wars sounding music, which to me makes it feel more like Star Wars. Paul, like you said, the Clone Wars in some ways felt like expanded universe with all the villains. While I kind of agree with that, I would say that I liked most of the villains better than the Inquisitor. I think the Inquisitor visually was lacking. From the minute I saw him, I was like, I don't... We've already seen that race. His clothes are kind of boring. The lightsaber looks sort of dumb. And it kind of proved to be on the lame side. But as a character, did we like him? Yes. I, I liked that his speciality was finding Jedi. And when he failed, they bring in their best person at doing that. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I really do believe that season two is going to culminate in an Ahsoka-Darth Vader duel with Ahsoka's death and probably get wrapped up after a third season. If these are full, what, 22, 23, 26-episode seasons. The first um, one was only like 13. 13, but I think this will end up being more. We'll see. Um... What else? What else is there to say? About Rebels? Yeah. I think we pretty much covered so it. So I give it an 8. I would say I was probably around a 6 or a 7 in expectations. I feel like that's where I was after the pilot. Um, I don't think that I quite hated it as much as everyone else, but um, it definitely was not perfect. and it And it still isn't, but... Man, did it get good? It fit into the Star Wars universe, which is... I mean, really, that's all we need. Is it for it did. to be entertaining and feel like it's part of the property that we all love. When they had those Corvettes come out of light speed at the very end of that episode, and, um, you know, the our regular heroes are trying to make a getaway, and there's hundreds of TIE fighters chasing after them... And then all these rebel ships come out of light speed for like one of the very first Civil War battles of the war. It was just so cool because like you hear in the original trilogy in the opening crawl, um, rebel spaceships have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. Well, shit, that's not for five years. And this little space battle that we have in in the finale really it wasn't a victory it was they show up they offer some cover fire and boom they're in light speed and, and off um just i just feel like it's so well done and it's tying so well to the original movies what i, I would also say though is i don't look at this as a um as canon 
personally, I don't treat it as such. The movies are canon and everything else is supplemental. I don't care what Lucasfilm is telling me because, like I've said, this is not going to work. But it's still nice to see it fit together as a like cohesive puzzle. And so far it is. And it probably will continue to, even if we have Sabine doing, you know, super flip monkey jumps and everything. So, anyway, I probably had about a two or three point swing. Two point swing. Pretty good series. Pretty damn good series. Looking forward to season two. Season? Is that going to be a fall premiere? Are they going to do weird cartoon time frame where I we're going to get season two in another month? be a fall premiere. The pilot, or not the pilot, but the, the premiere for season two is actually going to be at Star Wars Celebration next month. Oh, well, then so maybe they are doing People are going to be talking break. about it. Dave Filoni, the, the brainchild of the show, is already saying... Just wait. You haven't seen anything yet. Season 2 is going to blow you guys away. So that's pretty cool. The addition of Darth Vader makes me worried that they're not going to be able to make him as badass as I want him to be. Because in my opinion, Darth Vader comes in, he kills all of the Rebels, and the series is over in two episodes. Like, that's how badass Darth Vader should be. Maybe it'll be the search for those Rebels. Right. Maybe that's the thing, that he won't meet up with them until the very end. And then he'll kill a couple of them. Yeah, I, I think you may have some characters make it by the end of the series. Like I don't they think they're not all gonna live. Like I don't think that you can sur- you can survive an encounter with the Inquisitor because he's the Inquisitor. But Darth Vader, somebody's gotta die for you to get away from him. Much like Obi Wan Kenobi, he had to sacrifice. Right. Him. Little known fact about Star Wars. No, I agree <laughs> with you, Ian. I feel like if if Who Darth do you guys Vader is gonna die. Um, I'm going Kanan. Probably Kanan. And you were saying Ahsoka, probably. If I can't yeah. hear FPJ's dulcet tones every episode, I'm out. If they kill Kanan... We're, we're going with FPJ. That's what we're going to do now. A typical... By the way, he's not fat anymore. He's recovered from whatever fat that he had. Totally in good health. A typical... Fit, fit um, as a fiddle. Fit as a Jedi. Hmm. A, uh, a typical mythological hero um, tends to always lose their mentor along the way. Like, it happens in all the... Like, it happened to Luke, it happened to Harry Potter, it happens to Frodo, kind of, right? It'll probably happen to Ezra. That's just kind of what happens. Unless they want to be totally crazy and kill off the apprentice or something. And But it'll... Likely that would it'll be, be nuts if they did that. Kill the kid. Yeah. Why don't they kill? I would I don't love think you that. You can kill a kid on a kid. Show. I would love that. That would be. Why amazing. don't they kill everyone and leave Kanan alone again? They won't do that either. They won't do that on a kid show. I know. A guy can dream. I'd be fine if Hera and they Kanan animate made you it in, out. and you become Kanan's new Padawan. The man I got to work with, FPJ every day. Fuck yes. What do you want what's to call your, him? What's your favorite? What do you want to call him? Frederick Prince? What's your favorite FPJ property besides this? Because it seems like you have, that. you have FPJ love. This is residual love from some other greater project. Well, he has plenty greater projects. I'm but sure my he does. Favorite, Tell me all about him. My favorite Freddie Prince Jr. vehicle was the one-season running sitcom, Freddie. 
what really helped that show out was his buddy in that show was the super underrated comedic talents of Brian Austin Green. Brian Austin Green, to me, is always the character from Sarah Connor Chronicles, Terminator. I think they had two seasons on Fox. He was on that show. He was great on that show. He was great on Freddy. Like, he was... He was the comedy to FPJ's straight man. He, Those two worked so well together. I don't know why they didn't... Like, it was about... Take it on the road. It was... The show was about Freddie Prince Jr. Like, he was a successful chef, and he brings his whole family from Puerto Rico to live with him. So they're all in his house, and Brian Austin Green's his neighbor across the hallway. He's his best buddy. But... If they would have t- got rid of the entire family and focused on just those two guys, that show may have had a better run. Because when those two were together, it was magic. Magic. Brian Austin Green. All right, then. He, he's, he's able B-A-G. to do all kinds of... B-A-G. B-A-G. B-A-G and F-P-J. Oh, my goodness. Hey, oh, a little hard? Lame. All right, so there's a little bit more Star Wars to get to tonight. Yes, we have time, Ian. Seven minutes. Go. They have announced this past week a couple of significant uh, happenings in the development of the upcoming Star Wars films. Number one, the spinoff film, the very first Star Wars spinoff film, which is going to be released, I believe, on December 16th, 2016. Uh, Literally less than a year after Episode 7, by two days, I think. Um, it is going to be called Rogue One. It's a story that was developed by John Knoll, the supervising effects guy at ILM, that's Industrial Light and Magic, the special effects house that does all the effects for like everything that Weta doesn't do. Um, and it's um, directed by Gareth Edwards. Uh, Ian, you may have heard of, uh, of this Little director. teeny tiny film called Gazira. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the follow-up to his Godzilla movie. Um, that's all we know. Rogue One. I guess it's going to be about space pilots and shit. Like, <laughs> I... I'm sold now. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Space pilots and shit. It's, I'm in! <laughs> I mean, that's their call signs, right? That's all the, the rebel pilots' call signs. Rogue One, Rogue Two. Well, at least that it was, was Red Rogue Five. One. Well, Red Five, that was in the Battle of, of uh, Yavin. But the Battle of Hoth, they all went by Rogue and then their number. Right? Correct. I don't know who Rogue One was, though. The first Rogue ever. Right. He was, he was right there before Rogue Two, yeah. who got killed in the Battle of Hoth. Rogue Two was just Rogue, a follower. He's like, I'll be Rogue. Rogue Two was well. significant. Rogue Two was the was the rogue that found Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, both very important, relevant players in the fate of the galaxy. Poor Rogue Two. So Rogue Always Two second. was a hero, and literally, <laughs> get literally his own the next day was shot and killed by an. All-terrain armored transport. Don't you know? I do now. Ian, Rogue One, you fired up? You ready? You excited? Yeah, yeah. Chick lead? Is that what we're doing? Catering to that 
vocal minority. Oh, uh, the minority. And it was just revealed today that the composer will not be John Williams. The very first Star Wars film ever made, not with music not by John Williams. Will it be Hans Zimmer? No, 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 Maybe they should call attention one. Um, no, it's it's uh, Alexander Desplat. Oh, thank God. Terrible name. Uh, terrible name. Alex- I was worried, but now... Yeah, change that. I know, like... You Alexander Desplat... You told me it done. wasn't John Williams, and my excitement dropped to like a three, and then you told me it was Desplat, and I was like, oh, ten! And I was like, the, the great... <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst pun ever. <laughs> His resume. No, Matt's. Matt's. Uh, who's your Who's your mummy from last week? Was That's the absolute low point of ninety six episodes. Really? Yeah, was, was real bad. I don't know. We've That's had many bad. low points. So how dare you? Yeah, really. Where do you get off? You're okay with who's your mummy? In I'm sure to we've done shittier the things. Mummy. We've done worse. <laughs> We've done worse. All right. We've done way worse than that. Alexander Des- Desplat, Desplat has a impressive resume, especially if you look at the movies he's made in the last like three years, because I think he's scored like a thousand movies in the last three years. Give me your top three Desplats. Well, he did the last two Harry Potter films. Ugh. He did um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ugh. Didn't he just win an Oscar for that? I'm sure he did. Everybody did, except for <laughs> Wes Anderson, right? I don't know. He did. Um, he did Unbroken, the movie that just came out last year. Um, he did. He did some. Uh, Paul, are you looking him up now? Or are you looking at hockey scores? What are you doing? That's uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh my god! And, porn. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> yes, porn. <laughs> Freddie Prince porn. So anyway. Rogue One, female lead. We don't know anything else about it. That's it? That's pretty much it. Are they also doing the spinoff movie that was supposed to be like a bank heist with the bounty hunters? Or this is, could is... be it. We don't know. We don't okay. know anything. Um, what I can tell you about Alexander Desplat, here's, here's a quick rundown. Uh, he did Unbroken. He did uh, The Imitation Game. Godzilla. He's hot with um, these monuments, men. These recent films, uh, Philomena. Did I say that right? Argo. Right. Rise of the Guardians. All right, let's not run down Harry the Splat's uh, resume. Are, is there any other Star Wars news? Yes. That we have? So they have um, they've made it official. Ryan Johnson, the guy that made Looper with Bruce Willis and the other guy. I like Looper. Um, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah. And the other guy. <laughs> he is going to write and direct episode 8. J.J. Abrams will be executive producing, which if anybody can explain to me what executive produce versus produce means, I'd love to hear it. One person's like, you put that over there, and the executive produ- producer is like, no, 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 over there. So they have producing veto power. Yes. Okay. So... J.J. Abrams is the executive producer with Kathleen Kennedy, and Ryan Johnson's going to write and direct. And the rumor is he's also going to write and direct episode 9, the final Star Wars like saga film. Um, for now. For now. 
here's the really cool thing. They announced the release date. I believe it's May 26, 2017, which means that is only one and a half years after Episode Eight. Traditionally, we wait three years in between Star Wars movies. We're cutting it in half. Star these aren't Wars, your daddy's Star Wars movies. These aren't your daddy's Star Wars movies. I don't know if this means we're going 18 months in between Star Wars films or We're here to chew what. gum and make money, and we're all out of gum. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. We're going to have three films, three Star Wars films, in one and a half years, whereas we had to wait... Um, but we'll also have the, the the Rogue One in between there as no, well. No, I'm that's counting one Rogue One. So you have Episode 7, Rogue One, and Episode, episode eight. 8, all within one and a half years of one another. That's kind of cool. And I feel like that is kind of the way it's got to be now. That's the way sequels come out. Are we not going to be burned out from Star Wars? Well, yeah, we are. I think we are. It, are we going to be burned out from everything? We're not going to want to go see Marvel movies or DC movies. Are you? Let me ask you this. Are Star you at Wars? all burned out on Marvel? No. Not at all? I mean, I'm not as excited for so Avengers. So yes a little bit. I'm not as excited. So yes a little bit. I'm not. So saying. yes a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not burned out, but I'm not as excited. Yeah. Is there, is there? Don't you think? Don't you think you're a little burnt out? Burned out means that you don't want to see anymore. I'm done completely. Okay, okay. let's revise. How about? Don't you think? Don't is you the proper think, way to open this? Don't you think you're a little fatigued? Could be. Fatigued is different than burnt so out. So you, you have Marvel superhero movie fatigue. A slight hangover, if you will. Slight hangover. I had a little bit too much Marvel to drink. So if you have a little... I, like, I don't Whoa. know. If not so look, excited for that Marvel of the dog the next they're, day. They're like, come on, chase that with some Ant-Man. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Fantastic Four coffee. Maybe you'll get your, your energy back for Marvel yeah, films. Maybe, maybe. Paul, do you have a little Marvel fatigue? Yeah, totally. I do, but too. I, Are I you burned out? You burned out, motherfucker? Huh? Huh? Well, nobody said motherfucker. We'll, we'll see. Did. It was implied. I just ah. did. We'll see Age of Ultron the weekend it comes out. But I've, I'm going to go. Like, I'm not going because I'm amped to see it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not, I'm not that way either. I'm kind of like, eh. And I think this looks like I've seen this before. I think it's a product of being so immersed in comic book culture. And I know for me, it's not just the movies, but it's everything else Marvel does. I mean, Marvel is a PR machine. Marvel can't do anything without making a big show about it. So not only getting all... Not like the hushed tones of DC. <laughs> yeah, but Aquaman, just... unite the seven. Right, but there's been much less of it. They haven't been... They don't have very right. much to put out there. Right. They, they're, they haven't been doing it for a shit ton of years now. I mean, there hasn't been anything. So, yeah, maybe in five years, I have DC fatigue. Could be. But, but right I doubt now, it. Marvel fatigue. And it, you know, it's the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel's Agent Carter, Marvel's this movie, Marvel's Ant-Man. And it, there's just so much. And, oh, Marvel's Star Wars books. And, you know, Marvel's Secret Wars. And we're doing this. And it's so much. I'm kind of like... You guys need to just slow down because you're burning me out. As long as it's burning something out, burn, you're burned out. As long as it's burning. something burning, present oh. tense. Ah, as long as it's something different, 
like we got with Winter Soldier or Guardians. I'm cool with that. Avengers 2, Ant-Man, those look like rehashed topics that we've already seen before. So we'll see. I think we're going to have to wait till next year to get something fresh and new whenever they do Civil War, some Spider-Man stuff. Darcy, Marvel fatigue? I'm probably not as fatigued as you guys are, but I think that's mostly because I'm not invested in a lot of the television shows like I think you guys are. We don't have cable, so I'm really not watching like Shield and Agent Carter. I realize it's all on Netflix now, the Shield and but um so movie wise, I don't think I'm as fatigued as you guys are, but I can definitely see the writing on the wall. I mean, especially with that list of release dates where it's like Here's every movie we're going to do for the next so bazillion cool. years. I can easily see it coming. Yeah. So I, I think Star Wars, or Star Wars definitely has the ability to be a little too much in a short amount of time. Well, that's Disney's approach, clearly. And I, I'm confident that we will have Star Wars fatigue before too long. I think we'll get through the classic trilogy, or the 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 sequel trilogy and still be excited about it by the the final the ninth movie even in spite of the two spin-offs that are likely to come out in between the the three main saga films but i think going forward after that it's going to turn into that like marvel fatigue um and you're going to have the shows constantly hitting you over the head in the, the comic books and Hopefully, it's not too bad. I, you know, I kind of hope that maybe they'll do the trilogy and then do the um, the spin off, a couple spin offs, and take a break for a while. You know, let it go and then come back and make more. I love that we haven't seen one minute of the new film and we're already sort of complaining about how we're burned out about it. Uh, that, isn't that the way, though? Like, no, 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 no. We are applying what is happening with the Marvel model right. to what... Something that has been tried and true and we loved for years. Well, yeah, but we're saying we're getting a little fatigued with it. And it looks like the Star Wars model is using the Marvel model as their model. So it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. If Return of the we're Jedi... owned by the same people. Yeah, right. Day, if, mean, Return of the, if Return of the Jedi was the last Star Wars movie we got... And now we're going into an age of three Star Wars movies in one and a half years. I think our excitement would be a little different. But we went through the prequel trilogy, which wasn't what we expected. We've been through the Clone Wars, which was okay. But nothing has really lit anyone's ass on fire. See, but I'm excited for this new film. I'm, I'm really... That's the most anticipated thing. Right. But going, on, but going into Phantom Menace, I mean, you were... It was pure excitement. Well, yeah, now, I mean, it's not, excitement mixed with oh, there's hesitation. N- that's unfair because there's nothing that can top... See, nothing that I we'll ever see will top Phantom Menace anticipation. Right, true. That was a 110 but, on the polynomics scale. Well, it broke the polynomics scale. Right, right, right. But what, I think what Paul's saying is, what if the, the Phantom Menace in the prequels never happened... And, sure. and we we're leading directly into episode seven. So when Matt yeah. says it, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you don't give him fucking ass. Well, uh, well, no, I mean, yeah, sure, but that's not the world that we're living in. <laughs> Thanks for saying the exact same thing I did, but making sense to him. <laughs> no, I'm also disagreeing with it. It's not. Oh, okay. No. no. 
that's not. Well, now world. that you've called me on it, that, that's not the. That's not the world that we're living in. Wait, what world are we living in? We're in the one that all the Star Wars films exist, and we have excitement for Force Awakens. We yeah, don't, enter, we don't entertain what ifs on the Mixos comic book. We podcast. don't entertain hypotheticals. When I, the, when I started speaking before, I said if Return of the Jedi was the last Star Wars movie we saw, then maybe we wouldn't already be preparing for Star Wars fatigue because we would be coming off a high, going into more consecutive highs. I disagree with that completely. You were like, Return of the Jedi, enough! That was plenty. I'm maxed out. I believe that the fact that we have the Marvel films to kind of dictate our understanding of like what can happen when you have movie after movie after movie every single summer, multiple movies a summer. Although I guess that's not exactly what's going to be with Star Wars. Star Wars is more like one every year. But it's a multi-platform thing where we're reading the comic books, we're reading three comic books a month, we're watching the sure. television show, so that all plays in. Yeah. There's gonna be some fatigue. That's okay though, I welcome it. Bring it on. More Star Wars the better, right? As of right now, yeah. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> Asterisk, as of right now. As of, as of March 16th, 2015. Bring it on. We're going to wrap it up right there on a positive, expecting note. Rare for this podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Please. And special guest. Darcy. We'll see you next time. Bastard. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat.